Welcome to Diana Perkovic's Monday Moment in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad you're able to tune in today to Monday Moment. I'm your host, Diana Perkovic. I have a very special guest with me in the studio today. He was born and raised in Uganda at the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic, and he lost both of his parents to the disease by the age of 16. And at that time, our guest pledged he was going to help others who were similarly affected. So after earning his bachelor's degree in social work and social administration from the Uganda Christian University, he taught at the university and assisted other HIV AIDS service organizations. And as human rights abuses multiplied, sadly, in Uganda at that time, our guests felt compelled to leave the country. So after a year of work for the United States Department of Defense in Mosul, Iraq, our guest emigrated to the United States and rebuilt his life. He served as a volunteer counselor and case manager for the Ark of Refuge in San Francisco and was granted asylum here in the United States in 2011. He enrolled in the University of Southern California in the Master of Social Work program, and he worked after earning his degree in 2015 with the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. They hired him on as a clinical social worker, and then he took it even a step further, recognizing that a doctorate degree would put him within reach of his goals, which we are going to discuss his goals today, he took the next step in his education. So while working for a PhD, he and his wife are raising two beautiful little kiddos, Caleb and Deborah. But our guest still remains outwardly focused. And so we're very, very excited to have Moses, Dr. Moses Kashuba, joining us here today. Hello, sir. Hello. Thank Welcome. You. I'm so glad you're able to join us today. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, thank you. You know, it was a week ago that I attended my girlfriend Luzine's uh, graduation, yes. and she received her master's in, in clinical social work and, and counseling. Right. And the moment you went up on stage to give the commencement speech in a hot second, the story hunter and me came out and I said, I have to meet this guy and I have to have him on right. Monday moment. And I literally chased you down afterwards outside. And, and I'll tell you why, Moses. Mm. When I heard your story and when I heard you speak and you talked about your grandparents yes. and the untimely passing of your parents, I thought, what's so fascinating about this gentleman is you are so clearly full of joy. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, <clears throat> for someone to be able to move forward, uh, they always need to have this uh, push, the joy. Um, without that, I, I think it's very difficult to to actually move forward. Well, we're going to talk about how you found joy in all of these situations and in, in your heart and in your life. Absolutely. Um, and we'll go and I think start at the beginning and paint the picture for everyone. You were born in Uganda at the height of the HIV AIDS epidemic. And, you know, your parents untimely passing yeah. at the age of 16. Yes. Is, is there a time in your childhood uh, where you 
were not aware of HIV AIDS or when, because you were just born into it? Was it just part of the reality? Uh, I, I think it, I wouldn't say it was part of reality. Um, by that time, I kind of realized it. Um, my parents uh, sent me out to boarding school when I was like six. Mm-hmm. And so uh, by then, I didn't know anything related to, you know, HIV and AIDS. But as time went by, I think I was maybe 10. That's when people were dying. And so um, the Ugandan government decided that um, in order to actually cap down on, on this epidemic, Children in schools needed to be educated first uh, so that they could take that message to their parents. So basically, you know, information, education and communication had to begin at school. And so we started, you know, having plays, um, competitions, talking about, you know, this disease. And and so um, that's how I ended up, you know, being so um, actively you know, participating in, in, in these in these plays. And so then it was so unfortunate that, you know, I go back home. Um, my sister was the one who was sick first. Our last born was sick. And then no one knew what was going on. And then, you know, she dies. And then my dad starts falling sick. And then no one basically knew what was going on. And, th- and so uh, towards the end, uh, that's when they said, oh, he had, you know, HIV. Sure. Then, yeah, and then he died. And so then my mom started freaking out because she looked at us, we were young, we were six in our family. So we are young, I'm the firstborn, we are young, and so she's wondering, okay, what am I going to do? Because definitely I'm dying, I'm next. And so she's freaking out, and we are freaking out. But I think what really um, struck me... Uh, you know, kind of negatively was I was so active at school um, in this in these programs, and so I felt so bad that it it hit me first. So the question was, why me? Why me first? And so I decided to turn that into okay, what is it that I need to do to help other other children because. People were dying. People were just dying like dogs. We had no medication. The medication that was there was super expensive. People were selling everything that they had um, in order to get, you know, medication. And so I was like, you know, what is it that I really need to do? And so when I finished, um, uh, I finished, you know, elementary school. That's when my dad died, and my, my mom uh, takes me to um, junior school. And at the end of junior school, that's when she died. And so (laughs) that time I was like, you know what? Um, When I go to high school, I need to look for courses that will give me skills to come back and help kids. So I was like, you know, the the only thing that I can do that can give me the the power or the skill set to help these kids was to do social work. So Moses, you're you're how old when your youngest sister dies? Uh, let's say I was like 
13. Okay. 13. So so 13 and then and then your dad. And then my dad dies and then your mom. And then my mom. And so that's trauma. That that is trauma times 3. And yes. and yet you immediately seemingly immediately had turn it into I want to now turn around and how can I help others how can I help other youngsters how do you at that age have the oh I don't know the wisdom and the capacity really to make that kind of decision at that age I don't know I think it's it's how my parents you know kind of raised me uh, they were these sweetest people. I was born in a family where well, I was born and found like over 20 people living at home. And so almost every relative that had issues and needed some kind of help would come home. So my parents were so, you know, welcoming. And so I kind of, you know, grew up in that kind of environment where, you know, you give. We were, you know, raised up to give. And so giving back, in a way, I think choosing to help people was part of my grieving process. Interesting. So almost yeah. maybe a little bit of survival for it you could, too. Yeah, could be because as a firstborn, I was given the responsibility, you know, take care of my siblings. Yes. So then how do you become a child parent? How indeed. Yes. And how so, indeed. So I was trying to figure out how do I do this? Okay. So as I try to help these kids, my siblings, I, I think um, I was getting the skill set of, you know, maybe reaching out to you know other people. Right. So I think that's how I did it. Yeah. Okay. So little sister. Yes. Right after your dad. Then, yes. th then your mom. And then my mom. And then you head out to get your bachelor's degree in social work and social administration from the Uganda Christian University. How old were you when you enrolled? I, gosh, I, so I enrolled when I was maybe 20, like 24. Okay, yeah. so between like 16 and 24, yeah. did you spend those years in Uganda looking after your siblings? All the time, or like basically all my life before I moved to to U.S. Mm -hmm. Like I stayed, I was in Uganda. So what we used to do, um, my mom dies. Um, uh, I, I tell my, my siblings we are going to continue in school. We are all in boarding school at that time. And so what we would do, um, we would all go to boarding school and then uh, time for holidays, we all come back home. Of course, we would lock our house. Yes. We come back home, and then we get there, and then we, I had to make sure that we grow food. Wow. During that sense. time, during the holiday, we yes. grow food that will feed us when we come back for the holidays. So that's, that's, oh my how, goodness. that's how it is. Yeah, that's how we, we made it. And so you're taking care of your siblings and yes. you're also now dedicating your time to helping HIV AIDS organizations and the government of Uganda proceeds to enact what can only be described as draconian laws. Yes, yeah, the, the draconian laws, I mean, came up, you know, uh, afterwards. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, they were there, but mm -hmm. uh, for the HIV and AIDS, I think the 
the, the government was actually helping out. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, with high school, I had um, a friend who went to school with my dad. Yes. He's the one who actually helped me go to high school. Oh, I love that. So uh, when I finished high school, I had to sit for like two years. Mm -hmm. And then I, the same person, you know, a friend of mine, breaks his heart. You know, then he takes me to, you know, uh, university. And so during that time, when I reached at the university, that's when I was so involved mm -hmm. with, you know, HIV and AIDS, you know, helping out. Mm -hmm. um, he, he was also a priest, so he had an organization through church that was reaching out to um, HIV and AIDS organizations that we were working together, uh, you know, to help out. So that's how I ended up getting more involved. Um, with this. At, of course, by then I had some skill set. Yes. Yeah, I should say that. Yes. Yeah. And then the, the cut to the, there did come a time where you felt as though Uganda really, you it, it became difficult for you to stay yeah, because was, of the laws. Yeah, because of the laws. Uh, they, they were hunting down um, LGBT people. Mm -hmm. um, and so as someone who who is part of the group, mm -hmm. and um, I was like, I, I can't be in an, an environment where, uh, by then I was teaching at the university, mm -hmm. and it's a Christian university, and so you are teaching students about, you know, Christianity, the relationship between, you know, Christianity and um, homosexuality, and you're like, okay, so are you telling them what you think is right? Are you telling them what kind of values? If you can't live to your own self, what kind of information are you kind, you know, putting forward? Mm -hmm. What kind of value system are you trying to create if you can't be true to yourself? Mm -hmm. So uh, during that time, uh, they were trying to crack down on um, people who were gay. Mm -hmm. And so they came up with all these laws. And um, if, if you're gay, they will kill you. They will take you to prison. They will do all that stuff. And um, it, it wasn't a safe place to be. And so I, I decided, you know, how about I take a break? So I took a break, um, <laughs> stopped going to school, and then went to, um, went to Iraq. So the Department of Defense was signing up, you know, guys to go and work in Iraq as, you know, security specialists. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, baby, let me just take a break. Well, that's a break. That's a break to go. <laughs> yeah, um, take, take a break yeah. to go to war. Exactly. Yeah. I'm going to take a break and go to Mosul, Iraq <laughs> yeah, yes. and go to war. That's my idea of a break. Yes. Yeah. It was a break to me, I think. Yes. And so let's talk a little bit about <laughs> your break. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about your break. Yes. You know, so you, you leave Uganda. You, you're now working for the Department of Defense, the DOD. Yes. You're in a war zone. In a war zone. This is your break. Yes. And so when you hit this war zone and when you are boots on the ground. Yes. And when you see, we were talking earlier about you know, natural disasters and how I was um, in, Louisiana in Louisiana during the flood, the great flood of 2016. And I had said to you, it's really difficult, but cameras can never really truly capture 
what's going on. As much as we TV people try to show you at home, mm. it's still th the smells, the sounds, just the vast amount of like everywhere you turn, you, you're seeing something tragic. Right. Is, is that how it was for you in Iraq? <laughs> like everywhere you look, there's you, you have to be careful or you're seeing some sort of tragedy. You know, when you're in a war-torn area, yes, yes, you have to be extremely careful. Mm -hmm. It is safety first. Yes. And so uh, we get there. Um, and so, of course, they're telling you, you know, safety first. Um, you you have to wake up very early in the morning. My shift was two in the morning to three, you know, in the afternoon. And so you wake up, you have to put on all this gear, you have to have a weapon, you have, and then they take you to um, your station where you're supposed to work. You stay there, I mean, all the time you have to, you know, be looking around, mm -hmm. make sure, you know, the environment is safe and, um, you're worried about the incomings. Incomings, those are like, you know, they send, uh, throw in bombs and sure. stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so you have to be aware of, of, you know, of all that. And so, um, no, they kind of, you know, trained us. This is how it's going to be. This is what you expect. And of course, you know, watching TV and looking at what was going on, um, <clears throat> yes, we knew what we were signing up for. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it it was to me it was a good experience. A very good experience. How? In what way? I was able to um talk to soldiers, American soldiers, um, hear their stories. Um, two, three deployments, nonstop. Um, what was the impact of all those deployments um on their families, on themselves. Um on the, just the army itself. And so I was like, you know what? These are the people I really need to work with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it kind of it dawned on me. I'm like, you know what? Yes, I've dealt with, you know, people with HIV AIDS. I was um, trying to be a um, public health worker. I've, I tried to be all that. But I think this is the population I really want to work with. And so then how do I, from here, go and work with these people. So I think I need to go back home and then go to US, join the military, be in their uniform. Wow. And then I think that's when I will be very effective. Wow. And that's how it ended up. Moses, yeah. let me ask you, what was it about our men and women in uniform that touched a certain part of you that led you down that path. There must have been something that was very deep or touching or or uh, something that was so glaringly obvious to your heart that you're like, yeah. nope, these are the people for me. I think as a social worker and um, someone who had gone through you know, traumatic experiences, when someone is in war, is involved in war, and all those, you know, it, the war comes with its own trauma. Sure. You know, people have PTSD. Um, you're talking about um, everyday divorces. The divorce rates are, are really high. Someone is telling you, oh, my God, I've been here for 17 months, 18 months, 24 months. M my kids, I don't even know how my kids are. I, You know, people have died. My friends have died. I, so, you know, 
as they told their stories, you, I, I would feel this kind of you know, kind of compassion. Yes. This empathy. Oh my God, what is it like to be in their shoes? I know, you know. I also went through my own experiences, my own traumatic experiences, losing my parents and and all that. But it doesn't feel like I really get to their level. Their level is so beyond. These are the people that I really need to talk to. They need someone to listen to them. And so that was, I think, my message. There was nothing major that I was sure. going to do to them, but just sitting there and listening, paying attention to them, their stories. I think that's what I really wanted to do. How long were you in Mosul? I was in Mosul for close to a year. And clearly it changed you. It, it really did. It did. It, it really did. I went back and within six months, yeah. So you come now stateside. And then I come stateside. Um, from, I, from, from one, you know, Im immigrant to another. Into an immigrant. Is this not the most, like, some days I still wake up and I'm like, oh my God, like I want the lotto. I yes. love it here. Yeah. This yes. is such an amazing country. It, it is an amazing country. And people talk about American dream. Yes, this is the American dream. <laughs> That's it. That is it. Isn't it though? It is. Yeah. Um, you know, some people have their own doubts about yes. American dreams. Some people, you know, but to me, you know, based on my experiences, mm -hmm. and, you know, just coming here, this country has given me enough that I wouldn't really you know, get if I was back home. I feel the same way. Yeah. I feel such, um, oh, what's the word? Um, gratitude for yes, this country. It's an honor, yes. It yes. is an honor. And and I feel a genuine affection yes. for this country. And yes. so it's so nice to be able to. And that's why I decided, you know what? I, I want to serve the country that gave me the opportunity. Yes. Serve the country, honor the country that has given me this tremendous yes. opportunity. I have been able to reach the climax of education that my parents ever wanted to give me. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. So how grateful can I be? Right. Yeah. I, f I feel you. Like yeah. you're saying that and I... Absolutely. I, I don't just hear what you're saying. I feel yes. what you're saying. And so you joined your fellow soldiers. You joined? Yes. The, uh, so, yeah, the in, service. Yeah. <laughs> I joined the service. Okay. Naturally, so, as one does, <laughs> I go to uh, uh, Mosul, Iraq for a break. A break. And yes. then I come to America and I joined the, the armed services. Yes. Yes. So when I arrived here, <laughs> I, I was like, you know what? Um, in order to actually um, get the skill set, mm -hmm. since I already had my bachelor's degree in social work and social administration, I needed to do a master's in social work. So I enrolled um, in a master's program um, at you know University of Southern California, uh, and my I wanted to major in military social work. So I did the pro I joined the program. One year in, I decided to take a break and join the military. Mm -hmm. So I took a break. <laughs> <laughs> We're redefining break here on Monday Moment, okay? We're going to redefine the word break. So you, I took a break. Yes, I took yes, a break. Yes, naturally, school. Moses. From school. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I, I enrolled. 
uh, I, I, I actually enrolled the same day I got my green card. That oh, very day, wow. I rushed to the recruiter. I was wow. like, I need to get in right now. And what did the recruiter say? He was like, you're welcome. Oh, <laughs> I love that. You're welcome. I, I, I mean, that. yeah. So you're welcome. Let's do it. It's, I was like, yeah, let's do it. He's like, why do you want to do it? I said, well, I worked briefly with the soldiers mm -hmm. in Iraq. He was mm -hmm. like, you were in Iraq? I was like, yeah, I was there. Yeah. So I, I, I feel this is my calling. I want to be in. I want to work with these people. And in order to be very effective, I think I need to tread the waters they have already trod. Yes. And so that I can, they can be able to understand me. I can be able to understand them. So I joined, went to boot camp. I did my best training at Fort Jackson. Mm. It was amazing. Was it? Uh, it was amazing. A test? The, the first day was, uh, yeah. Okay, what was it about that first day? <laughs> what was it about that first day, Moses? No, I, I think getting there at 2 in the morning and, you know, you're being yelled at, I mean, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But to me, I, I think that was... Basically, nothing compared to what I had already experienced. Yes. Yeah, that was just nothing. Yeah. And so how long did you serve? I'm still in. Yeah. I'm still in the You're military. still in the military? Uh, yes, okay, I've been so in six years. Six yes. years, which branch? The Army. The Army. Mm-hmm. Six yeah. years. Six years. Thank you for your service. You're welcome. Thank you for your service. I'm, 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 I'm glad. I'm glad, you know, to be of service to my country. You know, for a gentleman who lost so much at such an early age, uh, and, you know, you take a break, you go to war, but we'll laugh about that forever because it is really, <laughs> it is just really something. But on the flip side, right? you know, I think of everything that you have accomplished. You, mm. you still lend a hand to active duty members of the military. Yes. Vet veterans, LGBT individuals. You run marathons for these causes. Yes. Um, you well. You also uh, lend your hand to immigrants, uh, justice-involved people. Uh, you're clearly very cause-oriented. Yeah. What I found, and and one of the reasons why I said this at the beginning of the podcast, one of the reasons why I wanted to to sit down and talk to you so much is because for someone who has been through so much. Yes. And, you know. You also were in Mosul, Iraq. You you are now in the army. You've decided to join the army because of what you saw there and how it affected our men and women uh, in uniform. Okay, but Moses, you too were there. So you also experienced war. You also witnessed what they witnessed. Uh, and I don't want to gloss over that. And, and I bring that up because after everything you've been through, mm. you go to war, you, you also experience war. What others, you're helping others with that experience, but you too have experienced it. Right. So how then are you so joyous, hopeful, happy? I mean, <laughs> folks, I don't know if you can hear it in his voice. I know you can. You hear the <laughs> smile. See, he's laughing. You, you hear the smile in Moses' voice. And so I ask you, is that DNA? 
is that something because you you now have a doctorate in psychology, so this is also something you study. Yes. And I would never ask you to analyze yourself, but <laughs> analyze yourself. Like, what is 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 it genetic? Is it perspective? Is it outlook? Is it a a, a switch went off in your mind? I I, I think it can be uh, all the above. Mm-hmm. Yeah, an outlook, a perspective. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, I, I I think our personalities uh, are developed in you know different ways. Um, <clears throat> some people, it's you know who, the environment they they you know they were born in. Mm-hmm. Um, I attribute the way I look at stuff, the world, the way I view the world uh, <clears throat> from the lenses of my parents, how they used to look at the world, Mm -hmm. I think is how I actually look at that. And so I continue, every time I look at myself, I want to mirror Mm -hmm. how they looked at the world, how uh, loving they were, you know, towards other people. Um, Always trying to, you know, extend that helping hand, you know, to other people without any limitation. Mm-hmm. They never held back. They would just give. And so uh, I think that's why I, I drive all that I have, you know, my personality. Um, and so <laughs> it's so funny. When I was joining the military, I remember the first day my, my recruiter asked me, he was like, you are laughing, you're smiling, you're smiling. Do you think this is the right <laughs> right job for you? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think this is the right job for me. Oh, my god! So, yeah, because you really do not want to be so groomy all the time and you, you kind of project this kind of uh, personality that people want fear. No, I, I think you, 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 you need to be laughing, you need to be smiling so that you can attract people. Don't push people away from me, from you. And so I get to, basically like the first day I arrived mm. at BISC training and my drill sergeant, he was like, this. <laughs> You're smiling a lot. This is not <laughs> going to help you. And I, I, I was so frank. I told him, you know what? The day I will stop smiling, I will die. That's that's what. Yeah. The day I stop smiling, I will die. I will die. That's what I told him. And so he was like, "Okay, stop smiling." I say, I am not going to stop smiling. You said that to your drill sergeant? I told that to my drill sergeant, and then he put me down. I was going to ask you, did, did he tell you to drop and do 50? Drop, yes. Drop. I dropped, and I kept on smiling. Oh, my. How yeah. many times? How, okay. No, that was now the I'm, <laughs> Now I'm, like, touching his shoulders and his arms. You're in shape. How many times did he tell you to drop and do that 50? That was the first time he told me to drop, and that was the last time. Because every time we dropped, I would be smiling. Every time we were running or doing any, anything, I would be smiling. So that kept me going. 
the day my smile keeps me going my smile keeps me going the yes. day i stop smiling i will be dead i will be dead yes moses that's just you know incredible because you are in this field i mean i mentor people who have been through trauma right you work with uh you know people who are also inmates, yeah. inmates who have also yeah. uh experienced trauma yeah and so again i i go back to the art of the smile you know yes. you're smiling you're happy despite everything you know and and let's just take a moment and pause and say your sister then your father then your mother yeah. then you are left to take care of all of your siblings and yes. grow the food yes. then you go to Mosul Iraq and then you go to Pakistan <laughs> I mean this I, is, I, I, I this like is how you're putting it together <laughs> right are you starting to, to, to see where we're going with this yeah. so there are so many people um, who are listening to this podcast yes and they are listening to you and thinking wow you know how was he able to do that because i'm going through such and such yes. i've i've lost my job or i am getting a divorce yes. or you know and that is difficult that is trauma what what could you sort of convey to to people who are listening today who are maybe going through a hard time a, a little nugget, something that people can take away from you, Moses, <clears throat> not necessarily the doctor, but the little boy, Moses, at the age of 16. Yeah. How can we in inspire other people to smile despite of it all, regardless of everything that's going on in their lives? W what can we do? So this is how I look at, at life. Um, <clears throat> life is crazy. Mm -hmm. Life is full of challenges. Everything we go through is part of life. Mm -hmm. And so the things that we have control over mm -hmm. and the things we really have no control over. And so once you dwell on those things that you really have no control over, you are going to be miserable. And so you have a divorce. Okay, that's part of life. Mm -hmm. That's the bump on the road. It's a pit, you just fall in. But you have to gather that energy and stand back up and get out of that pit yes. and continue moving. You don't stop. Our lives do not stop until the day we die. So you have to keep moving. You have to keep pushing forward. Um, yes, my, my parents died. I was like, you know what? Okay. How about I turn this strategy into some a drive, a push? How about I push myself? My parents wants, wanted me to go to school, and they sent me to very nice schools. Okay, I know they wanted me to get somewhere in education because they knew with education, you can have a good life. Okay, how about I take myself there to where they wanted me to get, to reach? Okay, how do I do that? I need to do everything that I need to do to get there. Push myself. I am not going to let other people stop me. I am not going to let this, this tragedy stop me. No, that's just a hurdle. Yeah, it's a bump, you know, along the road. Jump over it and continue moving. Make friends. That's a big one. 
make friends, have a community, have people who are, you know, I call them my soul sisters, you know, the girls with whom I can just say, like, this is the worst part of me, right? you know, and then they look at me and they're like, girl, that's all you got? (laughs) That's the worst. And I'm like, and it's like so hard for me to say. But then when I, when you say it, there is release. There is that that release. Yes. You need positivity around you. You yes. need positive energy. We need that positive energy. Look for people that are going to build you, mm-hmm. that are going to construct you, that are going to say, you know what? No, you will be fine. Yes. Yes. No, you will be fine. And if it's, it's not fine right. yet, and if it's, it's not over. It's not you, you over. still have to keep going. You continue moving. You continue yes. going. And find people around you who will lift you up yes. when maybe you feel a little weak. And that's why I say um, I am so, um, <clears throat> I emphasize active listening. It Define active listening for the audience. Active listening, this is uh, <laughs> where a person actually pays attention um, to you as 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 you talk to them, mm-hmm. uh, you look them in the eye, you show that you are there, uh, you nod when they speak, mm-hmm. you reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, just show that, you know, someone is there in your presence. And I, I think w- what most people have gone through, you know, those you know, traumatic incidents and experiences and all that stuff. They haven't had any outlet for that. Interesting. And so if someone sits there and pays attention and asks you, you know, how are you doing? Really, how are you? Really, how are you? How are you? Yeah. I, I mean, as you know, people we've used come, you know, to get used to this, you know, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Even when you're not fine, you're really boiling inside, you're dying. Oh, I'm fine. No, but if you take a step back and say, you know, how are you? How was your night? And you be frank to yourself and say, you know what? This is what is actually going on. And then you say it. And then the person you're talking to pays attention and listens to you. You kind of feel some ease. It sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. Doesn't it? I mean, it sounds so simple. It, it sounds simple, and yet active listening for some people is incredibly difficult. It is. And it sounds like such a simple solution, but in reality, it's so deep. No, you know, you know why, it's so, why it's so difficult? Mm-hmm. It's because we are not used to listening and being listened to. Yes. And so when I start telling you my stuff, Instead of listening to my stuff, you are already telling me your stuff. And so we are just talking. No one is actually listening to the other. I will tell you, I I can always tell when I'm talking to someone yes. and they're thinking of what they're <laughs> going to say to me while I'm talking to them. And that's when I'm like, girl, bye. Bye bye. Yes. I'm not even going to waste my breath. Like, I know you're not because I can see the wheels are turning. You're already yeah. coming up with the next thing because to say. Because it's all about you. Oh, yeah. Oh, enough about me. What do you think of me? 
It's not all about me. What do you think of me? Oh, enough. Right. Stop. Yeah, and so that that's where the, the disconnect really comes yes. in. People do not pay attention. They don't sit to listen. Yeah. Because it's all about them. Okay, you're telling me this. Okay, this is how I am. You know, just take a minute. Take mm-hmm. a moment. Okay, did you say this is what is what you're going through? What is it? How? What happened? Tell me more. Okay, so what can we do? What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before you start bringing in your own issues. Because trust me, I am a, a clinician. Mm-hmm. If I get to, the, to, to my session and this person is telling me the, you know, their issues, and instead of reflecting on what they are telling me, mm-hmm. I am bringing in my own stuff. I'm telling them my own stuff. So who is going to help the other? It's the blind leading the blind. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you know, that, that can never work. <laughs> no, we can't. <laughs> okay, so, so you are in the Army. We've talked a little bit about your work with veterans, and and you also did your dissertation. Okay, first of all, just tell everybody what a dissertation is. So a dissertation is like um, uh, a final project for um, your doctorate. Okay. Uh, Yes, sometimes I did a dissertation when I did my bachelor's. Most, you know, African schools Mm -hmm. expect, you know, the undergrad students mm-hmm. to actually do a project. Uh, right. you, you can do a dissertation. So I did a dissertation on my undergrad. So I did not do a dissertation for my master's, but for a doctorate, you have to do a dissertation. So this is like, the, excuse me, the final project. Um, you do research mm-hmm. uh, and then you, you come up with um, conclusion you know and what what was your dissertation on so my dissertation was on uh, <clears throat> lived experiences subjective lived experiences of uh, lesbian gay and bisexual you know Ugandan immigrants mm-hmm. who are already living in USA I wanted to capture their experiences back in Uganda and how those translated um, into it basically impacted them um, while living in America. Uh, how did that experience help them or affect them as they started new lives mm-hmm. in America? And, and assimilated here yeah, and assimilated. in America. Yes. You clearly have a heart for people who are suffering. Yes. Um, you're very cause-oriented. Uh, now that you've received your doctorate, yes. I, I think that it is safe to say that your um, educational goals um, have been reached. <laughs> no? Um, I, sh- I should say 90%, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Diana, I'm going to no. take a break and I'm going to go for another PhD. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Uh, no, I, I, I think I, I have reached there. I ask because, yeah. we, you know, it, you can Google Moses and you can read more about him. I mean, you and I could sit here and we could talk for yeah. at least another hour. There's so much. We, we could take one little part of your story and mm-hmm. talk about that 
on end. We really could. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I, and I would love to sit down and talk to you again, but I think at this point, what I would love to do yeah. um, is turn our attention to the future. Right. I'm excited to hear about what your goals are and what it is you would like to achieve and what the next step is for you. Um, <clears throat> the journey is... It's just wide. I see um, <clears throat> many opportunities. Right now, I work for the you know, state of California, the corrections department. Um, I'm a therapist. So I look at that, and I feel like um, I have an impact there. I feel like I need to keep going, mm -hmm. working with these people, mm -hmm. help them through their rehabilitation um, as they go back in the in the communities um, and start on you know new lives so I look at that and I feel like you know that is something I want to continue continue doing for the next foreseeable future but then I also want to continue um, in the military um, that's my community I feel <laughs> so dear <laughs> to that community I'm I'm part of it and I I, I can't just stop. Um, yeah, I, I love hearing you say yeah, that. I, I can't stop. So uh, I want to continue um, working with the military. I am actually planning to go on active duty, go active duty service, um, do that for maybe three, four years, and then maybe come back to the state and work for the state. Um, <clears throat> and just continue doing what I love to do. Isn't that a little bit though the key to that smile on your face yeah. and, and being full of joy and yeah. living a life that's purposeful? Yeah, you know, bring that smile, that positivity, positive energy to people that really need it. Yeah, um, and I, I, I think it has made an impact. So this, the, the, this is my take. If I wake up and reach just one person mm -hmm. and help them through that day and just put a smile on their face mm -hmm. just for a second, mm -hmm. I've, I've achieved my day. Mm -hmm. I've achieved my goal. That is my goal. If I can put a smile on this person's face for a second, mm -hmm. that's all I'm looking for every single day of my life. That's, it's funny you should say that because, you know, I've spent my entire adult life on television and I've had the opportunity to meet so many viewers and talk to so many people. Yes, yes. And it's really funny because a friend of mine is the person who pointed it out to me. We used to hike together oh, in the morning. I love hiking. Oh, me too. And and my friend said to me, he says, there's that voice. And I said, what voice? He says, you say good morning to everybody. Yes. He's like, and you sing when you, good morning, good morning. And, and I said to my friend, I said, you know, I said, if there's one thing I've learned from being on TV, you don't know if you are the one person that day to make another person smile. Yes. You, you, I, I became acutely aware of the fact that yes. maybe today 
I'm the only one that cracked a joke at my own expense and made someone laugh. Yes, absolutely. You know, when I pass every single person on the road, it's eye contact and it's hello. Hello. And it's how are you? Because that lesson stayed with me. I said, I, I say it all the time. You do not know if you are the only person that day to be nice to that person, that total stranger you just walked past. You have no idea. Absolutely. Because in the end of the day, we have no clue what other people are going through. Yes. uh, Well, we we don't unless we have actually talked to them. Yes. Or listened to them. Yes. Actively. 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 Yes. And so uh, that simple act of good morning, how are you? That act of compassion, I, I call it compassion. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> yeah. But I never thought of it that way, it, but it yeah, is, you're right. It, it is, because for someone to take their, ch- mm-hmm. their time mm-hmm. and say, you know, good morning, mm-hmm. it means a lot to many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows how, you know, how their night was. Exactly. Yeah. Well, if someone says, good morning, have a good night. Mm-hmm. That will translate how they will be thinking when they get, mm-hmm. you know, to, to their home. Yes. And throughout the night, they might be like, oh, she wished me a good night. Yes. Those um, moments that keep people going. Mm. I like the cranky ones. I do. I like the really cranky, cranky people. You can ask my sister. I like them real cranky because I'm gonna, because I'm like, oh, we're gonna be friends by the time right, I leave. Right, I right, like the right. cranky ones. Like yes. the crankier you are, I'm gonna make you smile if it's the last thing I do. Yes, yes. An act of compassion. An act of compassion. Good morning. Good morning. Good evening. Good evening. Good night. Good night. Let's let's ask you about your wife real quick because I'm sure you couldn't do all of this without the support of your family. Right. Yeah. Um, so we got married in uh, 2007 mm-hmm. in Uganda, um, and she's been she's been by my side. Um, I came out, you know, to her, um, but she still stayed. Mm. And so, yeah, we are raising these two kid, kids. Um, amazing. They're so beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And how old are your kids now? They're eight and ten. Eight and ten. Yes. So uh, yeah, every time I wake up in the morning and um, they say good morning, daddy, have a good day. And then I come back home from work and they they greet me. It's like you know, all my worries, all my my problems. Like everything ceases, stops, and then it just opens up this moment of gratitude. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there is always hope. The contrast between your childhood and theirs. Yes, yeah. When I look at them, you know. Like, you know what? Yeah. They they have someone to talk to. And I really want to be there. Yes. Yeah. I really want to be there. I want to show them that um, the, the world can be good. Life can be good. 
and so they need to learn to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. they, they, they have had, they have lived in both, you know, they have experienced both worlds, Uganda and here, <laughs> so they know what it means being there, yes. they know what it means being here, and so I am trying to instill in them this um, thing of being grateful mm -hmm. for what they have, mm -hmm. because they have no idea how life can really suck. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so fortunate to to live in America. Absolutely. Yeah, we yes. really are. Is it? And I always say, is it a country without problems? Of course not. Every uh, country everywhere. has problems. Yes. But yes. I, I choose. <laughs> I choose <laughs> USA. <laughs> USA. Yeah, I, I remember when I became a citizen. Um, I I was given citizenship on the day I graduated basic training. Oh, so I, that's special. It was so special. That's special. Yeah. You went in the day you received your green card and you received your citizenship. The when day I was. You, oh, yes. Wow. Yes. When they passed me out as, you know, yeah. On that's my beautiful. It was so that's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. I, I showed up at USCIS. I'm not kidding. Right. With a red dress, red nail polish. Uh, American flag oh. and every every place I went and, and my neighbors were with me oh. and everywhere I went I was like I'm so excited <laughs> and then then the people who worked at USCIS right. they started calling each other hey Linda come over here you have to meet this young lady oh. and then Linda would come over and be like I'm so excited yeah and they're like honey we wish everybody was this excited but I showed up in a red dress red nail polish American flag of course. I put my my right hand over my yes, heart and yes. I I cried absolutely yeah I cried um, <clears throat> it meant something to me it was very very deep no I I, I have had families I came here mm -hmm. not knowing anyone um, but I, I have had people raise me mm -hmm. in this country uh, mm -hmm. that I really call my parents um, <clears throat> My dad, my American dad, my dad died when I was in basic training. I'm sorry to hear that. He, yes, um, he did. But my mom is still alive. She, she lives in New York. Oh, um, how special. Yeah, we met in D.C. Um, Naturally, as one does. Of course. <laughs> in D.C. Yes, darling. And, and so, yeah, uh, she has two, two kids. Uh, I am part of their family. That's beautiful. Yeah, I I have. Um, but Americans, another dad Americans in, in have DC. that spirit, though, don't they? They really have that um, that beautiful, inclusive yeah, spirit. Yeah, they they were coming to me. I mean, in their home, I became a part of their family. My neighbors in Florida, I call them my Florida parents. Yes, they they are they like they. It's like I'm I'm part of the family. No, trust me. So. The first I when I I got the papers, they took me to school. Mm -hmm. They paid for my school fees. Oh wow! My my first student loans at USC. They signed off as my That's <laughs> my parents. That's so special. Uh, That's so loving. I will forever be grateful. Yeah, you yes. know, people sometimes I think underestimate what. Active listening, yes, a conversation, and just a little compassion yeah. and love can do for a human being. That's how it translates into all those big things. Okay, say that again. 
it translates into, into all, all those big, big things. things. So that act of compassion that we're talking about, you know, good morning, how are you? How was your day? Th those small moments that you have with these people, those simple chats can translate into bigger opportunities. Mm -hmm. I had never met these people, but when I went to, I gave a speech at the um, National Press Club. Mm -hmm. uh, I gave, you know, this speech and that's, they had come to attend. And just right from the speech, wow. boom. There's something about the way you give a speech. <laughs> There's something about the way Moses, Dr. Moses, they were, like, they were like, are you going back to Texas? I'm like, yeah. They were like, oh, no, you cannot go back to Texas. Oh. You are staying in D.C. and D.C. is going to be your home and we are going to be your family. I love that. Yes. I love that. Yes. I, I, I love having you on the show. Thank you. You really are special. Thank you. And I really think... Um, I really see you doing even more incredible work and advocating for those who need yes. um, advocate. They need someone on their side. And I think that, you know, sometimes people look at someone like you and thinks, oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's going to change the world. And he, <laughs> But it's those little small acts that yes. we can all do every single day I that mean, actually if, really does change If everybody talked to someone every single day and changed their world, mm -hmm. trust me, that person will go and change another person's world another, and it will you know, go on like that. It will spiral down. And so that's how we change the world. Start with the one person who is close to you and then that person will change another person's world and that's how it works. Many hands make for light work. Absolutely. And I believe that the world can still be changed and it's going to be changed by those of us who are still willing to get our hands <laughs> dirty. Right? Yes. Still willing to get our hands dirty. Yes. Um, Dr. Moses Kashuba, you have been such a delight, and, and I would love to have you back again. Absolutely. would love to have you back again. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today on Monday Moment. Thank you for um, stopping to talk to me as I chased you down <laughs> in Long Beach. No, you did a not week chase ago. me down. No, he didn't see me. He saw me when I arrived all calm, cool, and collected. But up until that moment, I'm like, oh my God, there he is. I've got to chase after him. It's, no, it's so the story you. hunter in me. I cannot help it. Folks, I am so glad you're able to tune in today. Uh, I hope that Dr. Mo Moses Kashuba has inspired you Thank as you. you head off in this week. Our mandate to you, we ask you, we are imploring you, we're telling you, mm. actively listen to someone. Yes. Smile at the world. Yes. And show a little bit of compassion. Those are your marching orders Absolutely. this week. Thank Yay. you so much for tuning in, Moses. Again, thank you. Thanks I will so see much, you Diana. back here again next Monday, like every Monday. Make it a fabulous week. You know what you need to do this week. Diana's out. Oh.